0: Book of Daniel, and uh, like this morning, I am reaching back in the archives. It's been one of those days. I miss Brother Hughes being here, uh, but I know talking to him this morning, he just did not sound good. And like I said, you got to learn to preach, pray, and die with no notice. So I, I even tonight, I'm reaching back into something that maybe some of you heard, maybe some of you don't even remember. But um, but anyhow, I I preached this long time ago, I believe, in our church, and so. Maybe a repeat for some, but maybe somebody else needed to hear it. But the book of Daniel, I'm always amazed with this book. What an um, amazing, not just the revelation part. But, you know, Daniel was just a a normal man like us. He's flesh and blood. I think sometimes we honestly get the idea that these people were superhuman. And they were were like us. You know, really, I mean, they had their faults and, and failures and shortcomings and all, but they were human, but it shows us, hey, you you can do this. You can do this. And here Daniel, a young man taken to a foreign country against his will. I'm sure he didn't want to be there, but uh, being a young man, and he still stood for God. He still stood for what was right. And it goes back to the beginning of this this book where Daniel... Purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. He purposed in his heart he would not defile himself. And it would have been easy. He could have said, My pastor's not here. My parents aren't here. I don't have anybody else here. Nobody'd sell on me. Nobody, you know. But he determined that he wouldn't do it. And that was when he was young. Now, when you reach this chapter and chapter six, he's 80 years old and he's lived a consistent a godly life up to this point even in politics he's a politician folks he's not a preacher he you know he it's his book is considered prophecy it's among the prophets but you know he's a politician too he's in politics in babylon Taken there for that purpose, you know. And he, what amazes me too, when he separated himself and asked that jailer to just test us, prove us, and they ended up to be 10 times better than not just the other ones that were in their same group. They were 10 times better. You read it. They were 10 times better than the other astrologers, people that were already holding a position that's like 10 times smarter than your professor. That's the student, comes out 10 times better than the teacher, is the way it sounds to me when I read it. And so, you know, just an amazing man. But you come down to this chapter, dealing with the lion's den, and you gotta remember, Daniel wasn't in the lion's den for doing anything wrong. We associate punishment with doing something wrong. He's in the lion's den for doing something right. And so I want to preach for a few moments on good guys finish first. Our world would make us really think that good guys finish last, but in God's kingdom, good guys really do finish first, okay? Let's go to chapter one, chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, It pleased, Darius, if you would stand with me, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom an hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give an account unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm a promotion is what it amounts to then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against daniel concerning the kingdom but they could not find could but they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful neither was there found any was there neither was there any error or fault Found in him then said these men we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God go with me to the book of first Timothy chapter 4 one verse of scripture there first Timothy chapter 4 that's right before 2nd Timothy In case you're having a hard time finding it it's in the New Testament right first Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12 Paul writes to Timothy let no man despise thy youth but be thou an example of the believers in word in conversation in charity in spirit in faith in purity be an example be an example Of the believer we'll talk about good guys finish first would you pray with me father in heaven again it's a privilege to be in your house tonight privilege to stand before this congregation father we love you this evening Lord we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit another time for another service God would you help us tonight give us the thoughts that you would have for us to share challenge our hearts again Lord draw us into that closer walk and a closer relationship a deeper relationship with you help us to learn something tonight that will help us in our Christian walk and we'll thank you for it in Jesus name Amen. you may be seated when when you think about this where Daniel's a part of this Persian Empire and the Persian Empire was really a model of efficient organization for that day, I mean, this this king come up with an idea. Rather than all these people bring everything to the king, he has princes set up and presidents set up. All of these people that the people of that of that nation could go to, and, and, and talk to them without everything having to come to the king. Moses went through this too, because Moses was just just ex- exhausted having to deal with all the people's problems. It was his father-in-law said to him, said, hey, you're going about this all wrong. Set up people that the people can go to, and only the important stuff comes to you. It's good counsel. And so this is, Darius is 62-year-old ruler, and Daniel, like I said, is about 80 80 times that, 80 years old. And uh, not only his senior, but Daniel is superior in his character and everything, a superior man than the man that he was serving under. And so you take all that into consideration and all that Daniel is going through, all about this and being in the political uh, uh, arena. You know, nowadays, it's it's whoever you could step on to get to where you want to go. It really is. And it's and, and so much mudslinging and all all of that stuff, you know. I, and, and the more I realize, I, I got some people. Oh, I don't want to go to church and hear all that. I don't want to go to church and hear about those things. You know what? A lot of this book are prophets going to kings and telling them about the way that the nation is going. I'm I'm seeing it. Yeah. A lot of the prophets, you know, they, they you know. I, God gave them a message, and most of the time it was for the leaders and saying, hey, you need to straighten up. This is not pleasing to God. That was their message. When Nathan the prophet had to go before David, and David is the king, it's the equivalent to being like the president I mean, maybe, maybe we need some more men with some boldness that can march into the White House and say, hey, Mr. President, you know, look at the way our country is going. Maybe we need some with more backbone that can march in and say, God's not pleased with the way our nation is. God's not pleased with the decisions they're making. Maybe that would make a difference. I don't know. But you know, it's like anything else. This king sought to put Daniel over the others, and you know what happens? They become jealous. Why Daniel? Why not me? You know, I, I, you look back earlier chapters, really, a lot of these same people, Daniel saved their life. He was able to interpret dreams and things. He, he saved their lives. The king was ready to destroy them all. Destroy, Wipe them all out. It's, he's ready to, but, um, you know, start all over again. But, you know, some of these, Daniel saved their lives and, and got them to where they're at now. And then they decided, to be jealous. And you know, you see this, they, they saw it in verse 4. They purposely set out to find the dirt on Daniel. That's what it says there. They set out. It was in their mind. It was their purpose. It's like these 120 plus those other two uh, presidents other than Daniel said, we're, we're going to find out. And we're going to be able to tell them, say, oh, King, Daniel's not the man you think he is. We got the scoop. We got the dirt on Daniel. you th-. not talking about Daniel Hughes here. No, let's make sure we're talking about the right Daniel. And so, you know, I, yeah, at any one particular time, somebody said, I don't know who comes up with these statistics, that at least seven people are watching your life. Seven people. It might be where you live, Loretta. Some of your neighbors are watching you. It, it might, I think they are. It might be where you work, that you got seven coworkers that are watching your life. They're watching you. They want to see if you're real. They want to see if you are at work the real deal. Come on. They want to know if you really walk the, It's talk is cheap. Do you really walk the walk? Are you for real? And so they set out to find something about him. So if I could just break this down, because it's my sermon anyhow, so I said I could do it. I just believe there has a certain, if you took a certain percentage of these presidents, some of them decided, you know what, we'll watch Daniel at work. Around the office. Because if we could catch him doing something, if we could catch him coming into work late, if we could catch him doing something, we'd be able to say, oh, King, we've been watching him at work because he's not the man you think he is. Mm Mm-hmm. I got a new co-worker. My other co-worker retired in September, so I got a new young man. He's having to learn the hard way. He, he got called into the supervisor's office, you know, and, and he got caught clocking in and going back to his car, clocking in, you know, and do some things. He said he just got a little bit too comfortable, and the boss had to tell him, you know, you need to straighten up, fly right, you know, and a few other choice things. And um, and so it it scared him. But you know what? I just really believe that Christians ought to be the best workers I really do. I think if there's anybody that should be the most dependable and the most trustworthy, it ought to be the Christians. I remember back, way back when I worked at the funeral home full-time and somebody came in to pay one of their bills. And uh, and they had some cash, came in and paid it in cash. And you know, the director came to me and said, Bob, wow, I, I can't remember what happened to this money. And he said, I know you didn't take it. Thought, wow, I'm glad I didn't go caught that time. Do <laughs> you know what? I, his, his reaction to some things was now there's somebody you could trust with their wallet. There's a person you could trust with your wallet. That's how he complimented somebody that was trustworthy. You know what? I, I want to be that kind of person. I think every Christian ought to strive to be the best that they can on the job. Are you the most trustworthy, faithful, loyal? And sure, I know they call it's it's work. You could say, but I don't like it. If you did like it, they'd call it something other than work. It'd be called fun. It'd be called play. It's called something. But that's why it's work. We've got to do it tomorrow morning. I'm just like you. I got to get up and make myself go to work. Pick myself up by the back of the neck and say, "You will get up." I like to sleep in. I'd like to keep hitting that snooze alarm. I like it. I need my beauty sleep. You could tell. I need it. But you know what? They're counting on me. You know something? They're counting on you. You've got coworkers that are watching you. I know. I had coworkers. Boy, they'd like to see me fly off the handle. They'd love to see me use some words that I don't use. They're just waiting. Some of them just know how to push your buttons to get you an irritated. They're just trying to see if you're the real deal. Come on. You should be the best worker on the job. Being the most efficient that you can be. The most trustworthy that you can be. Let me move on from that. Let's go. There had to be another group of these people princess that decided, let's watch Daniel at home. We're going we're gonna to sneak around his house and we're going to peek around the bushes. And if we could catch Daniel, I don't believe he was married. But you know, I, I, if we could catch him dragging his wife around by her hair around the backyard, if we could, if we could catch him uh, uh, beating his kids, if we could catch him doing things, you know what? We're going to go through his mail. We're going to go through his internet. We're gonna go through his emails. We're gonna check his texts. We're gonna check his phone. We're gonna—now I don't—they didn't have all that back then. I don't think I wasn't alive back then, but I don't think they had it. But if we—we're gonna check him out, and we're gonna be able to say, "Oh, King, you know what? We've been watching him at home, and he's not the man you think he is." I set out to find an occasion against him. Do you know what? If we could catch him. You know, it's, you, know, you got to watch. you got to be careful what you're looking at, what you're watching on the Internet. I understand. I know there was a time we preached against people, preached against computers and everything. You know what? You, you can't use your toaster without having a computer in it. Your microwave is a computer. Your car has got a computer in it. And to be able to to to, we got to use most of us have to use computers at work. To be able to 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 stand up here and say you know thou shalt not have a computer. I mean it's almost you you just can't do it. But we got to be able to trust each other what we're what we're doing on that computer. Come on. What you're doing on that you got to be careful. You got to be careful about what kind of influences you allow in your Come on. Does your home life reflect that you're a Christian? Does your home life reflect that Christians live here in this place? Help me out now. Either say amen or oh me. One or the other. I just believe there were some of them watching and saying, if we could just catch him, we'll be able to say, King, he's not who you think he is. We're watching him at home. Why? Like Paul said, "Be an example of the believers." What I said this morning: the people that know you the best are the people you live with, that you go home with. They're around you all the time. You've got to be the real deal. Whether you, and I know at, at at home, we just we're able to let down. You're like a, you're like that balloon all day that's filled up, and then when you get home, it's just like letting it go, and you're just everywhere. But at home, you ought to be able to relax. I understand that. If there's a place you ought to be able to feel comfortable, it's at home. But you still got to, you can't leave your Christianity outside the door. we got to be Christians at home. Our home life has got to reflect Christians. Let me go on real quick. What about your business dealings? You know something? Our business dealings... Ought to reflect that we're Christians. You know, at one time, I don't I don't know what it is currently. Number one bad risk in the United States are churches and pastors. I take offense to that, because I are one. I, I, I know better than that. I am one. I'm a pastor but you know what? The number one bad risk. How many pre- uh, bank boards? It's like, oh no, not another church, not another pastor. Let me tell you, I do not use the ministry to get a free cup of coffee. I don't like coffee anyhow, I don't, but I wouldn't use it to get, you know, I don't know how something could smell so good and taste like pond water. I just don't know. I mean, those of you like it, that's your thing. Uh, now of course, I'm dying for a tea right now, but you know what? I'm trying to stay away from it. But you know something? I, I don't use it to get a free haircut. I don't use the ministry to get any kind of adv- anything free. I don't expect that. I know if there's times somebody wants to bless me, that, that's fine, but I don't use it as that. we got to be careful that our, our business dealings reflect that we're Christians. You know, bad checks, unpaid bills, bad checks or not, that doesn't reflect good. I know we get up against hard times. I've been there too. And if you put God first in your giving, God will bless you. He's done it for us over and over again. I don't know how. But we put God first. I'd rather cheat the electric company than cheat God. Put him first in your giving. I'm not advocating that. Now, no, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm just Brother Jeffrey said I don't need to pay my bills. I did not say that. But you know something? Put God first in your giving, and God will bless you. That 10% belongs to God. It's God's money. Pay your tithes. Pay them. Do you know? There was it, it. It was sad when a certain preacher in this area. You went into a certain pizza establishment, and there was a list by the cash register that said, "Do not accept checks," and this person's name was on that list. Now, wild horses could not drag that name out of me. So don't even try to ask me, because I would not tell you who that person was. But let me tell. You, my wife will not tell you either. <laughs> About $83,000 would get you that name. But, you know, if you've got that, I would pay the rest of the mortgage off. But you know something? That's not a good testimony, folks. It's not a good testimony. We've got to be honest in our business dealings. Come on. This is good preaching. We need this. have got to be honest. Our business dealings ought to reflect that we are Christians. They had some of the the big revivals with with, uh, Billy Sunday and some of them up, uh, up in New York, I think is where he preached, and said, you know, they knew they were having revival when they closed down the bars and people began to pay their bills. That's in one of their books about their life. They said they knew they were having revival. People paid their bills and they closed down the bars. What a combination, you know. Anyhow. But I I had a man wanted to wanted to go around years and years ago, and I believe he's still involved in the church. Wanted to go around, give his testimony, and what God had done for him, and that's great. But he left a house that he was renting a mess. He took furniture out of the house that did not belong to him, and did not pay all of his rent. You know how I know it's true? I cleaned up the mess. In a rental house not my rental house but i cleaned it up and want to go around and give their testimony and tell how great god's been you know what it's like you need to make some things right come on we need to in our business dealings need to reflect that we're christians and let me give one one more i believe there was a group of these presidents We're because we're running out of presidents i'm gonna have to quit there's another group the last group that said we're gonna watch his character We're going to watch Daniel. We are going to scrutinize his character. Because if we can find something in Daniel, we'll be able to say, oh, King Darius, he's not who you think he is. You should have heard the language that came out of his mouth. You should have heard the jokes that Daniel was telling. You should have heard some of the stories. You should have heard some of that. Oh, King, you can tell, it's not the man you think he is. Come on. Your reputation is what other people know you as. Your real character is what God and you know you as. Your character is who you are when the lights are off and nobody's watching. Nobody else sees. It's who you are deep down inside. I may be able to fool a lot of people. I may be able to fool you. You're not going to fool God. God knows what you are. God hears. I I get people, I I apologize, you know, they use some kind of language. Oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, you don't have to apologize to me. God hears you all the time. God hears you talk like that all the time. You know, you think you've got things hidden. God sees. God knows. You may be able to fool me. You may be able to fool your parents. You may be able to fool the church board. You can fool a lot of people. But you're not fooling God. I know back when I was a youth pastor, there was a man in that church that thought he could go and see this woman down in Baltimore or someplace, and it wasn't his wife. Had a wife, two children. Thought he could go down there to a park. And wouldn't you know at that same time, there's a girl from the youth group at the church there at that park at the same time. God must laugh at some of the things that we think we can get by with and uh, you know, and think that nobody else knows know, it, uh, it's, it's like the man that, um, that went into one of these chicken uh, ch- KFC or something like that. And they got the box of chicken. And so uh, the manager of the, that, that particular restaurant was putting it in his deposit. And he was going to walk out with a deposit for the bank and put all this money in that box. And here comes a, a, a man and a woman, customers, coming into the store. And they was accidentally given that box that had all that money in it. That the man was taken to the bank, but he was accidentally given that box, opened it, and it had all this money in it. He brought it back to that KFC, whichever chicken place it was, and they thanked him, him and this this woman he was with, and it, and they they t- I said, "Oh, please, we want to take your picture of you and your wife." He said, "Oh, no, 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 she's not my wife." You know something? God sees. God knows your character. God sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. You know, our, our, our vocabulary, our actions, our appearance, everything about us. Paul said, be an example of the believer. There is, you know, that's why we preach holiness. Because he says, come out from among them and be separate. And I believe it's got to be as much on the inside as it is on the outside because what's on the outside is a reflection of what is on the inside of me. That's holiness. Got to be something different. Come out from among them and be separate. Be different in everything. The way you act, the way you talk, the things you say. Right? And it, you got to re, it's got to reflect that you're a Christian. And this group probably said, oh, Darius, you should have heard Daniel. He was the life of the party. You should have heard the things he was saying. He's not the man you think he is. Do you know what it comes... They come to the conclusion we find in verse 5. Then they said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this danger, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. What a testimony. It says earlier in, cha- in that same chapter... In verse 4, yeah, and, ex- and verse 3, an excellent spirit was in him. There was an excellent spirit about this. The only way that they could get Daniel was to set the king up as the God of the month club. They're gonna say, Oh, king, there's nobody can pray to anybody but you for a whole month. And then we'll catch. But isn't it interesting? It's like a, you know the story, but it's like a reversal of destinies. They thought they could catch Daniel, and Daniel gets put in the lion's den, but in the end, they get put in the lion's den. You know what? Really? Good guys do finish first. In God's kingdom, good guys finish. It really does work. You know People will say, you know what? The world says you got to fit in. God says you got to stand out. Be different. Be an example of the believers. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Because what about you? What about you? I hit a lot of areas. I hit a lot of things this morning. I hit a lot of things tonight. But what about you? Maybe this is, maybe this is revival. It's real soul-searching. That's what leads to revival. And we say, you know, yeah, there's are some areas in my life I've fallen short of. Maybe it's something I didn't even say tonight. But you said, there's are some areas I'm struggling with, I'm struggling being a Christian, and this area of my life is dragging me down, and I need God's help. I don't need to know what it is. And you want to slip your hand up and down and say, yeah, Brother Jeffries, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else should say, Brother Jeffries, Yes. An area of my life I'm struggling with, and I just need God's help. Anybody else tonight? Anyone else? Thank you. Thank God for our kids. Anybody else tonight? Young people, moms, dads, any of us that say, yeah, that's me. Pray for me. Father in heaven, thank you for every heart, every hand that was raised. Maybe there's others that are struggling in areas that just didn't raise their hand, but God, would you help us? Would you help us tonight? Help your Holy Spirit put a spotlight on those areas of our lives that you're not pleased with. May this lesson from Daniel really challenge our hearts that our lives would be pleasing to you. Help us to be examples of the believer in every area of our lives. Help us tonight. Would you meet us around these altars, we pray, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.